this morning. And honestly, it was kind of funny how God laid this sermon up on my heart. Tommy was like, well, you know you're going to be speaking when we take our little vacation. I'm like, well, why do you need a vacation? He said, because I do. And I'm like, okay, good enough for me. (laughs) But pretty much right after Tommy and I talked, old, old, familiar song came into my head, and I sang it for three days. And I couldn't figure out why that song was trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So this morning, and I'm going to try, I'm going to try to not keep you for two and a half hours. No, I won't do that. But I'm going to try to give you some really good points this morning about why we as Christians say we want one thing, but we don't get it, so we just don't do what God has asked us to do. We need to trust and obey because God has a plan for each and every one of us. And if we're not trusting and obeying in him, then we don't need to worry about the plan because he's not going to fulfill the plan if we're not trusting him. So if everybody will turn to Genesis chapter 12, we're going to start in verse 1. And we're going to talk this morning for just a minute about this man in the Bible who absolutely gave everything. And they're like, oh, wow, wow, I'm trying to think. think." He'll come to you here. Starting in verse 1, it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord has spoken unto him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substances that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Cana they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sikkim, and unto the plain of Moram, and the Canaanite was in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram, and said unto him, and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar to unto the Lord, who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel, and pinched his tit, having Bethel on the west, and high on the east. And there he builded an altar, and unto the Lord, and called upon the name of the Lord. You may be seated. How many here have ever thought about Abram? Before he, you know, it was called Abram, it was Abram. You know, the great thing if you read about, read this story, is Abram wasn't a man of God before God called him. He was like you and I. There's no big long thing in Genesis that talks about Abram. He was a normal man. He was a moral man. He was an honest man, but he wasn't. He wasn't a Christian. So I'm going to ask you this morning. Where were you before God called you? God chose and guided 
Abraham because of his faith and his obedience. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. God called Abraham not only because of his faith and obedience, but the thing that really, really speaks out to me is that God called Abraham out of all his familiar surroundings. And he also set him apart for a special service. He set him aside blessings. And he also said, going down in verse 4, that I will bless your seed and I will bless the future seed. I will bless you immensely. Well, how come Abraham's so special? Because Abraham was trusting in God and he was obedient to God. Well, I don't know that I can trust God. Why can't you trust God? Well, Abram's Old Testament, I mean, come on, things were different. How were they different? Is not our God the same yesterday, today, and forever? What does God want from us this morning? He wants our praise. He wants our worship. He wants a relationship with us. And he wants our complete trust and our confidence and our faith that what he has said that he will do he will take care of. Well, I've done that. Okay, great. I'm glad you have. God taking care of the things in your life that you've asked him to take care of? Well, um, no. It's time that we become confident in what God has said. It's time that we put confidence in what God has said. Because without us, yes, God will bless us. But we can't complain when he blesses our friend over here, our neighbor over here, never goes to church, never even gives God the second, second thought. But we're Christians. I go to church. I pray. I read my Bible. But I'm not sure how far I can trust God. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. And I want you to hear this verse. I read it because you're going to think, well, this has nothing to do with what he's speaking about. But it does. And I want you to listen for just a second. Luke 6 and 38 says, give. Everybody knows this verse because it's a verse that we use for offering and tithes. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye met withal, it shall be measured to you again. Well, what's that got to do with anything? Abram gave everything. How many here are willing to? And I'll, and I'll be honest, it would be tough for me too. How many of you are willing to walk out of your home, walk out of your job, walk out of everything that you know because God has said, I want you to go? Think about it for a minute. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of comfortable. I like my home. I like my job. But if God said, Brian, I want you to go to Timbuktu, first I'm going to say, well, where's that at? And then number two, I'm going to have to say, God, your will is what I want. When we put our life in the hands of God, we have to be willing to say, God, no matter what, no matter where, I'm going to trust you. A hard thing for us to do. Because God has blessed us. 
He blesses us with all the things that we have. Then when God says, hey, I want to change things a little bit. I want you to move over here because I got something for you. I want you to do this for me over here. Ooh, hold on, God. Wait a second. We're talking in Sunday school class this morning. Boy, Brother Furman did an awesome job. Talking about the power of the Holy Ghost. We were talking about the boldness that we get when we get the Holy Ghost and the infilling. Of course, we're going to, I won't teach your sermon for you. But boldness to reach other people, to tell other people. About time we get the boldness in our own self and tell God, hey, I'm what you want me to be. I'm here to do what you want me to do. We want boldness to reach the world. It's time we become bold with ourselves. It's time that we become confident in the God that saved us, that sent his son to die for us. Not just me, you, everyone, everyone that is here. Well, I'm a Christian. Trust God? Do you trust God for everything? Well, of course I do. Yeah. We need to understand this morning that God has created each and every one of us for a unique purpose and a plan. Abraham was a perfect example of that. Well, how, how, how do I know that I have a unique purpose? How do I know what I'm doing is what God wants me to do? When was the last time that you got down on your knees and prayed? When's the last time that you said, God, I don't want to just be that Christian that goes to church. I'll show up on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. If the pastor asks me to do something, yeah, I'll do it. I want to be more. Well, I'm, I, I'm the janitor at the church. Okay? How are you doing that job? Are you doing it for the glory of God? Or, sad to say, are you doing it for money? Are you doing it for... Oh, look what I did. But we trust God. If we trust God, then nothing is about us. It's about what he has for us to do to reach others. Once again, we were talking in Sunday school this morning. (laughs) Yeah, I just kept coming over my sermon. I'm like, good night, now stop this. Marilyn made the comment that, you know, we're not like we used to be church. Sister Annie said, yeah, that's true. We don't have conviction. Yeah, and we got to the point, why, why is it that way? Because we've allowed everything into the church. We're no different than the world. But we trust God, do you? Do you trust God? How do I know that I can trust God? Well, number one, I woke up this morning. I didn't have to. Number two, I'm still breathing. Number three, God has taken care of everything. We got here safe. Hopefully the vehicle will get us back home. I mean, yeah, he takes care of all these things that we don't think about. In order to understand our unique purpose, we need to first realize what God requires. Everybody here know Matthew 6, 33? I've quoted a lot. Tommy's quoted a lot. What are we to do? Seek ye first 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things are going to be added unto us. Verse 34 is the key, though. Verse 34 says, take no thought for tomorrow, because the things of tomorrow will take care of themselves. Let's worry about today, because there's sufficient evil today that we don't need to worry about tomorrow. But I've got everything riding on tomorrow. Do you know that I'm getting ready to retire in 10 months? Congratulations. Well, I've got to have this taken care of. I've got to have this taken care of. I've got to have this taken care of. What did God ask you to do today? Oh, wait a second. <laughs> That's right. I'm worried about tomorrow. So I can't worry about what God has for me today. I'm going to break it down real simple. If we're not godly-minded, are we truly thinking about what God has for us? If we're not giving him everything from the beginning of the day when we wake up, are we truly trusting him? Are we truly saying, God, I'm going to be obedient to what you have asked me to do? I told you before, I wake up every day, and, and I've even had to add to it and, and put more to it because I'm like, wow, after I, after I said that, I wake up every morning, God, thank you for today. Is thanks enough? No. We've just been just got done with praise and worship. Is praise enough? No. Is thanksgiving enough? No. He deserves everything that we have. So when we wake up in the morning or at night, some of us work third shift, so yeah, we all have different. God, no matter what you want from me today, it's yours. I don't know that I can give him everything. Well, let me put it to you this way. If we give him everything for today and for tomorrow, guess who has to worry? What, 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 what was that? So if I put everything in God's hands and I trust him, I don't have to worry about it? Well, why? He's got it. There's a preacher around here somewhere who says it, you know, God's got this. I can't remember his name. Yeah. But we don't, we don't take that seriously. It's time that we get back to saying, okay, God said it. it used to be a little thing on our refrigerator. God said it. I believe it. That settles There's enough going on today that I have to worry about that me worrying about tomorrow is not going to change it. I want to give you a definition of trust. Trust is a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Read that one more time. I want you to hear each thing about trust. Trust is a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the ability, or strength of someone or something. 
Proverbs 3 and 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not to thy own understanding, but in all thy way. Acknowledge him. And you know what it says? Say at the end of that verse, he will direct your path. Well, God doesn't know what I got going on. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Because I'm guilty of it, too. That's what I said earlier. I said, make sure that your toes are behind the seat. Because you know what? We're all guilty. I'm guilty. Years ago, years ago, and I won't say how many years ago, because then you'll know, you know, that I'm not young and spry as I'd like to hear all believe. I remember when I was a child, when God called me to pray. I'll be honest with you. For 20 years, I ran. Oh, I ran and I ran. I'm not proud of it. Just because I was a PK, I was born in a, brought up in a preacher's home, Church of God. I knew all about it. We had services. and I knew from the time I was this little, what going to church about what's going, trusting in God. I knew all of that. I took off and I ran. I tell you, I didn't run the nice way. I was involved in things that mom and dad told me. Oh, the word said, no, don't do. I did them. I got to a place where I'm like, okay, I'm at a choice. Anybody here ever been at a crossroads? You ever been in a place in your life where you either go one way or you go the other? I'd say, yeah, everybody probably. For me, it came down to, yeah, I know what the word says. I did. That was one of the fun things that I enjoyed as a child. We used to have the, you know, Bible quizzes and everything. Always won. Because it was easy for me. Didn't realize when I was a child it was a gift that God had given me. That the word just came easy for me. But I knew the word. Did I live the word? No. Did I trust God that what his word said is what was going to happen? No, I got this. Do I need to say the rest? How'd that work out for me? It didn't. But I came to a place in my life where God said, and, and I can also tell you, and was sitting alone in the dark. I'm like, God, how come you didn't do this? God, how come you haven't taken care of this? God, you know I've been praying about this. I was real blunt. One thing that I like about God, he didn't, he didn't bring it out into a real long explanation. He said a few words to me. Do you trust me enough to give it? <laughs> In the dark, nobody there, and I'm like, whoa, what? What? God's real merciful because he said it again. Do you trust me enough to give it to me? I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Do you want you? I didn't have to think about that. I knew what he was meaning. Did I trust him enough to give him my life? Did I trust him enough? to worry about tomorrow. Did I trust him enough to take care of everything that I was ever going to need? Maybe you don't have that kind of a story. But it came down to, it came down to, 
And I'm going to give you the definition of obedience. It came down to compliance with an order or request or the law or submission to another's authority. It came down to me deciding that I was going to be obedient to what God's word said, to what God had asked me to do. Because I can tell you, any of us can get up here and say, well, yeah, I'm going to do what God tells me to do. I'm going to be on fire for God. I'm going to do this. But you know what? If we're not obedient, we can say whatever we want. The Bible says, do not only be hearers of the word, doers also. John 14 and 15 says, well, I don't have to be obedient, but John 14 and 15 says, if ye love me, keep my commandments. Well, I don't know if this is right. I don't know if this is what God wants me to do. Get on your knees, ask him. Open the word. He'll reveal it to you. Well, I don't know what to do. Have you talked to him? It it does. It does. It sounds redundant. It does. It really sounds redundant. Well, I don't know what to do. I've got this. I've got that. Have you asked him about it? Mm-hmm. That's my next point. I'll step on. Have you asked him about it? <laughs> the first duty that we have, the first duty that we have for our own souls, and this is individually, the first duty that we have, when we first become aware of what God has done for us, what God requires for us, we think that, oh, my first duty is to find freedom. I want to do what I want to do. No, our first duty needs to be to find our master. And when I say that, I mean your soul has one of two masters. You're either going to serve God or you're not going to serve God. But I want my freedom. Okay, so are you going to serve or are you not going to serve? The only freedom that we truly have, the only freedom that we truly have when we decide to trust and obey God is that we've made that decision we're going to trust him. I don't have freedom to go out and do whatever I want. I don't have the freedom to say, okay, God, I got this. My only true choice for freedom is to realize that I need to obey him and I need to trust him in everything that I do and I say. Where did we lose that? Where did we lose that ability? That way back in the garden when Adam sinned. We didn't have to worry about sin. We didn't have to worry about choices. Romans 5 and 19 says, For just as through the disobedience of the one man we were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man many shall be made righteous. Okay, so we lost it through Adam because he was disobedient. God sent his son Jesus who, as we all know, had the chance more than once 
say, I don't want to do this. He had the chance, but he was obedient is what it says here in Romans. So that we all could be righteous. Matthew 6 and 24 says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon both. I keep going over this and over this morning because I want you to get to this point and I want you to understand that it's time that we make a decision. But I'm a Christian. I understand that. It's time that we make a decision. Do I trust God? Don't I trust God? God's merciful. That's why he sent his son. That's why he died for us. That's why I'm saved today. But do I trust God? You want to know why the church world quotation marks, is in the position that it's in today. We got this, God. You showed us the way. Now we got this. We can do it. I told you when I first got up this morning. What are we here for? Praise him. Worship him. And when I said that God has been dealing with me about it, yeah, do you want to know how he's been dealing with me about it? You trust me, right? Well, yeah, of course I trust you. Really? How does everyone here come to church? I come to church expecting God to do something. How do I get God to do something for me? It starts from the very, very beginning. And we can say all these different things, but it starts with, Okay, God, it's not about me. It's about you. I trust you. Trust you. When the worship team is up here, why do they have to work so hard to get us to worship? When Brother Tommy or Sister Sarah or whoever's up here is speaking, why do we have to get so hard? Why do we have to pull teeth to get you to worship? We all trust God, right? Last couple of months, we've been a lot of places. We had graduation. We went and seen Jensen Franklin. We've, we've been in a lot of different churches. There's three services in these churches that we've been to that just really stand out to me. And yes, I am going to say, I mean, it was Friday night of our graduation, Saturday morning when Dr. Hill spoke. Two of the best services I've been in a very long time. Then we went to Jensen Franklin's church. That was an awesome service, too. Not because of him, not because of the church, but you want to know what separated them from the church world as we claim it to be? Nobody had to beg them. They were trusting God. Well, what's worship God meant to do with me trusting God? You've asked God to do something, and you're trusting him to do something, and praise him. Give him thanks and praise for it already. Worship him. Because he deserves it.
thing is that we don't get a lot of times is that when God calls us to do something, and this is where it comes in where I was just telling you about, we really need to praise him and we really need to worship him if we say we trust him. It's because sometimes things don't go the way we think they should go. Well, God, I trust you. Wait a second, God. That's not the way it's supposed to happen. We all laugh, but guess what? I've done that. Anybody else here ever done that? Anybody here ever questioned God? Because I have. Wait a second. God, that's not how we discussed it. Yeah, wait. What? And then God's like, we? <laughs> yeah, we, we had a discussion, you remember? And you said you were going. God says, I said I was going to take care of it. But no, 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 no. God, you said. I said I will take care of it. But God, that's not how I understand it. Because when things happen, or we say that we trust in God, then all of a sudden, something occurs. It's like, wait a second, God. Once again, and I love this part, we didn't discuss that. We didn't plan that. We didn't say it was okay. And God says, hey, wait a second, it's about who? We, me. What? We, me. Yeah. We make the decisions about me. No. God said, no, it's about me. It's about me and what I have planned. You mean I don't, I don't, if I trust God, I don't get to make the decisions on what God wants for my life? Well, I don't understand that. The great thing about not understanding when things happen, and honestly, anybody here had something happen in your life that makes no human sense at all? You've thought about it. You're like, wait a second. I don't understand. God, how can you be in this? Because you know I trust you. How can you be in this? It makes no sense. Let me tell you, when it makes absolutely no sense, but you've given it to God, guess what? When it's all said and done, when it gets to the end, you'll realize that God had your best interest at heart. What? Yeah. He's always had our best interest at heart. Abraham trusted him. He gave up his home. He gave up his job. He gave up his family. He gave up absolutely everything. And to top it all off, we all know the story. Did he not give everything that was most important to him? And then God says, no, I wanted to see your obedience. I wanted to see how much you trusted me. Definition of faith is a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Several different synonyms we can use for that being trust, belief, confidence, conviction, reliance, dependence. God, I trust. And I believe and I have faith that you're going to do that. Okay? Time that we could saying it, we start believing it. What? Yeah. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. 
the evidence of things not seen. God, you have a plan for my life? Yes. It's time that we remove our opinions and our thoughts and our actions and our stumbling blocks that we put in God's way for what he has planned for our life. Anybody here like to trip up people? You like to see somebody moving along at a good rate and they're being successful and everything? Think it's funny to trip them up? I'll just break it down to the human side. That's what it is. But when we tell God, no, I trust you only so far, and then I'm going to stop. I'd like to really, truly believe that God just sits back and he laughs. He's like, okay, I'll let you try it your way. And then when you're ready for me, when you're ready for me to take care of it, the way that I promised you I was going to take care of it, then you're going to have to sit back and you're going to have to just see my glory. It's about him, folks. It's about what he wants. Many times in my life, I've God said, I want you to do this, or I want you to go here, I want you to do that. I didn't trust him enough. Am I still here? Yes, I'm still here because of God's mercy. Like we all here. But I got to a point in my life where I had to say, God, no matter what, no matter what, I want your will. Is it hard for me at times to say, God, I understand? Oh, yeah. Is it hard for me to understand or to go through the things that I've went through, some of the things that you've went through? But I've also had a lot of things that when it's all said and done, in the quiet time, that I have with my father and my son. Each and every day, in case you don't know, that's what you need to do. Look back. Did I not take care of it? Did I not work it out? I'm like, yeah, you did. And it comes down to because I trusted him enough. I was obedient in what his word said, that God was able and willing take care of anything and everything that came up in my life. I don't know that God can take care of everything. Oh. Luke 1, 1 and 37 says, for nothing, nothing is impossible. Nothing. Kelsey, can I get some music? Can come back up real quick? I wasn't going to keep you long this morning anyway. I just wanted you all to understand. If we truly want the blessings from heaven, we truly want things to work out in our life, then we try to start taking the time to realize who's in charge. It's my life, man. It's the life God's given you. I want everybody to stand this morning. I want you to close your eyes for me just a minute. Because I have two very, very important questions that I want everybody to ask themselves this morning.
Does everyone here believe that God is able? I want you to ask that question to yourself. Do it like I'm doing it. Do I, Brian, get this? Do I believe that God is able? You can answer that question. We're going to go to the next question. Are you willing to make him master of everything in your life? Can you let go and let God? No matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance, this is an individual question. Can you let go and make God the master? I ask these two questions for one purpose and one purpose only. I know because God has shown me he has many things for each and every person in this church that he wants done. Brother Tommy has gotten up here many times and he said, you know, it's time that we reach this city. It's time that we reach others that are around us. And we're all like, yeah, 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 that's great. It hasn't happened yet because we haven't trusted God. We haven't said, God, no matter what you want from me, I'm willing to do. It's more than just coming to church. It's more than singing the songs. It's more than listening to whoever's speaking. It's about making a total commitment to God. Yes, I'm saved. But if I'm not trusting God, and being obedient to God, then I'm cutting myself out of the blessings that God has for me. So if you're willing to make answer those two questions this morning, is God able? Which I hope that answer was, yes, he is more than able. And then are you willing to make him the master? No matter what happens, no matter what decision that you come across, or what thing that you might have to do, God I'm going to let you help me with this. I'm going to let you be the one that makes that decision for me. And I'm not going to worry about it. And if you are, if you're ready to make those two questions, the first one being, yes, God, I trust you, and the second one being, yes, God, I will make you my master of everything that occurs in my life. Wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, God, I will do it. Don't answer those questions yes if you don't mean it. But if you're willing to, then I want you to close your eyes and I want you to repeat after me this morning. God, I want you to take away all my unbelief. And I want you to help me to realize that you are in control of everything and that you are concerned about me and my tomorrow. Help me, God, as I never have before. To rely on you for everything. And to trust that even when I don't understand or that I am scared of what might happen, that you got this. God, thank you for being patient with me. For me to get to this point in my life where I'm going to say that God, no matter what happens, I trust you. And if you 
said those words this morning, and you're believing, and you're going to do exactly what you just said. Because the word says that out of the confession of the mouth. I want you to raise your hands, and I want to start you to start praising and thanking him for what he is going to do in your life. Because if we get to that point where, God, I trust you, and I'm going to do whatever you ask, there is no limit to what God can and will do in our lives this morning.